WordPress very well, there are things that are done that are not the WordPress way. And not that that's a negative thing, but it just makes Welcome to Post Status, where each episode we bring you an interesting conversation meant for the busy WordPress user, developer, entrepreneur, and those in the community. Conversations involve a diverse and experienced group of people in or outside the WordPress bubble, asking questions, bringing some insight into subjects that might be on your mind as a WordPress professional. But first, let's talk about a great sponsor that helps support this podcast. That sponsor is GoDaddy Pro. Now, you've heard the name GoDaddy, and you probably heard GoDaddy Pro mentioned in talks and WordPress conversations too. They manage your clients, your websites, and tasks from a single dashboard. They perform security scans, backups, and remote updates to many WordPress websites you probably host with them. And in fact, any host. You can check up on site performance, monitor uptime and analytics, and then you can send those reports to your clients. So GoDaddy Pro makes you look good to your clients. How great is that? What's also great, it's free. So check it out at poststatus.com slash GoDaddyPro. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Post Status Draft. Um, this is another interview in our agency journey series. And I've got a dear friend, longtime friend in the WordPress space, uh, one that Lindsay and I love to spend time with. And I love to follow everything she's doing because she's a true leader in um, this work. And so I've got Cheryl Gillahan here from Cause, Cause Labs. And Cheryl, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Corey. Love being here. So Cheryl, could you tell us a little bit about one about yourself? Because I could brag on you all day, but also um, one about yourself and then tell us where, what Cause Labs is today. All right. So my name is Cheryl Gillahan. I am the CEO and co-owner, co- my name is Cheryl Gillahan. I am the CEO and co-owner of Cause Labs. Um, my other co-owner is Michael Gillahan. He is my partner in business and in life. Um, we weren't always the original owners of Cause Labs, however. I joined the company back in 2010, um, started as a project manager, and it just really sat in a lot of different seats and roles in the company. I feel like most of the opportunities I was presented, I said, yes, I'd love to do that. Um, but when I was presented with the opportunity to become the CEO of the company, I said, heck no, <laughs> I do not want to do that. Um, and that was about the time that I met Corey, Lindsay, and a few others in the WordPress space. Um, Michael was already very involved in WordPress and, um, and in the digital agency space. And uh, they all encouraged me that this is something that I could actually do. Um, we'll get a little bit more into my story later, but where Cause Labs is today is a little bit different from where it started. Um, or maybe we've just revamped how we've approached things. Um, it started as a web agency back in 2003. Um, and very quickly, you know, it started to evolve into something different from that because the technical space was evolving. Um, by 2008, um, iPhones were big and uh, apps, mobile apps were a huge thing. And we were really just transitioned into a mobile app company, um, both for Apple and Android. And um, we did that for a number of years. 
and then went back towards web services and very custom uh, web services, but then also playing with things like Raspberry Pi and SMS-based apps and just going with wherever technology was innovating. Um, but we've found our way back to web services kind of a, in a different way. And so uh, I'll talk about that more a little bit later. So today, can you talk about your team and, and most of the clients? I know a little bit of this, but I want to share, I want everybody else to hear too. So Coslabs today, who, who do you all end up attracting and also uh, going forward uh, to find them? And then, you know, what does the team look like and what do you do today? Sure. Um, so the team I'll talk a little bit about because it has transitioned since the pandemic um, and also just the, the landscape of uh, the, the tech space right now and hiring in the tech space and, and what people prefer or what I perceive uh, people prefer. And so I'll talk about that uh, some in the following uh, questions. But as far as who we attract as clients, uh, our brand kind of resonates with nonprofit organizations. Um, and, you know, we established our brand uh, well after the company was already going. Um, I think I helped the company rebrand to Cause Labs in uh, 2012 is when we did it. So, you know, 2003 to 2012, it was a number of different names, mostly related to, to high def. Um, but what we found when we started a sales department and actually getting out there and doing sales and not just referral-based work is that people thought high def was audio video and we didn't do audio video. Um, and so we looked at our core values and looked at what our team cared about and the best projects that we had and the companies that we wanted to work with. And we rebranded to Cause Labs that made a lot of sense. Um, the labs portion of it being kind of related to that innovation that I was talking about and always driving uh, forward with new tech um, and the cause part really aligning with the type of work that we wanted to do and, and what impact we wanted to make on the world. Um, in a couple of years after that, I uh, helped the company become a certified B corporation. And um, again, that really attracted nonprofits, social enterprises, and the types of companies that are very purpose-driven. Um, that doesn't mean that we haven't worked with any for-profit companies. We certainly have. In fact, I think over my head here is Lego, uh, a brand that most people recognize. Uh, we worked with their girls line and their education department. So again, still very aligned with our values. And we discovered in working with them that for-profit companies could actually have a great impact in the world. For example, they were starting to look at sustainability and the plastics that they use for creating Lego bricks. And so um, we saw that any company could actually have great impact on the world. And we believe that business um, can be used as a force for good. So it doesn't matter what kind of business you are. Um, so we do work with all kinds of companies because of that. Yeah. I remember, I think you were the one that really introduced me to be certified companies. And I was like, Oh, this is magic. This is the way business should be. And because I, and I love your personal values infuse everything you do. And it just makes sense when I was reading it. I think I might've saw it on your website after we talked and I was like, this is cool. This needs to happen more and more. 
Um, so, you know, do good and do well. And I think so many times in today's business environment, it's focused on the, we want to do good part. We want to do well, very well to the, to the detriment sometimes. And so I love that that's a thing in business. And I love that you and cause labs are leading that, um, where there's, I know there's many businesses that do that, but I love that in our space, we have someone that is so, so proud of that. Um, okay. So, you know, that, that's a transition. That's a lot of evolution and adaptability. Uh, like you were saying in 2008 with the iPhone totally changed the planet, um, then Android after it. Um, but I love that you've, in the past, it seems like you, you all have really adapted and moved with what the needs are and what you all can do. So tell me a little bit also your connection with WordPress um, now and in the past, however you want to shape that. But um, I know that's not all you do. There's a lot of needs that you have for your clients that, that aren't necessarily WordPress, but I know you all prolifically use it throughout the business. But can you tell me a little bit of connection with WordPress? Sure. So um, I think I started with WordPress as a user as most people do, you know, creating my own website, adding some blogs. Um, and then I was approached by my church because I had my own website. And they said, can you do our website? And I said, sure. I picked a theme. I don't even remember where I picked it from. It was probably theme forest. <laughs> and I customized that theme for our colors and our logo and started putting our content on there. And very quickly, because they could manage their content and actually manage their site, and it wasn't in HTML or PHP, I said, well, there are so many things we'd like to add now. You know, can we add scheduling for our childcare department? Can we add, you know, these uh, podcasts, essentially, before podcasts really were a thing, um, but the sermon recordings so that people could listen to them if they couldn't make it to the service. And I think that through that, I was learning a lot about what WordPress was capable of doing. Um, I, at that time, had no desire to really be a developer or be in an agency doing that kind of work. Um, I had a day job. I was really good at it. <laughs> I was in the digital space, but it was more in mergers and acquisitions. And I was, you know, earning my title and a good salary. And we were stable as a family. And it was really great. Um, but I was unhappy with the type of work that I was doing and the type of clients that I was working with and I didn't feel any sense of purpose. I got into Cause Labs and kind of found that purpose and it wasn't necessarily WordPress related work at first, but we were rec recognizing more and more that there was a lot that could be done with the partners that we were working with where WordPress could be a good solution for them. And not just because it, made our lives easier as developers and that there was a lot of um, progress being made in WordPress and there was a community there and they're building ways to enhance and improve it. And it was just kind of a little bit more plug and play and we could still customize it as custom backend software developers. We could still do a lot with it, but for our clients, it was a game changer. They were able to 
do so much with it when we handed over the site and said, okay, now you can manage your content and you can take your, your marketing and your organization forward. Sometimes I will say we're not happy with what our clients do with their websites after we hand it over to them. Um, so we've questioned like how much restraint do we put on their investment because they've invested on us creating this look, this feel, this template, this site for them and all of these customizations. And sometimes they go in there and what we would say is, you know, maybe that wasn't the best choice to make <laughs> with your content or with your website but to each their own. And if it works for them and it actually propels their organization forward and they're able to make the impact uh, that they want to make in their communities, then more power to them. So, so was CauseLabs doing, or the agency that became CauseLabs doing WordPress when you got there? Or did you all help introduce that? Not primarily. They had done a few WordPress websites. It really got more introduced when we became Cause Labs. And uh, there were a few organizations that came to us once our brand became more known that already had WordPress websites. And we said, of course, sure, we can work on that. It's mm -hmm. PHP based. We have PHP developers. We can definitely do that. It was challenging, though. Um, to take a custom software developer and put them within the constraints of WordPress. If they don't know WordPress very well, there are things that are done that are not the WordPress way. And not that that's a negative thing, but it just makes life harder on them and makes future development probably harder on that particular website and the maintenance of it a little bit harder. Um, once we started hiring WordPress-specific developers and those who really knew WordPress, uh, the maintenance of those projects became a lot easier. And so I think when Michael and I, when I took over as CEO, we started to make some of that transition. And when Michael and I purchased the company in 2018, we definitely have shifted more in that direction. Um, and the majority of our partners now are on WordPress websites and the plugins we've used, the tools that we've used, the integrations that we've used have definitely evolved because technology keeps evolving and WordPress itself has definitely had some big changes um, in the last few years. But I think that this transition for us has been really healthy because of the community support for this platform, as well as just the prolific, ubiquitous nature of it. Like they honestly could uh, not work with us anymore. And that obviously is not what we want, but our clients could not work with us anymore and still be able to successfully manage their sites. Yeah, that's that's huge for the clients where you get into a custom uh, work and, and the ability for a long range of things, you know, the post status website has evolved, but thankfully it's, it's on WordPress, but um, well, okay. So I wanted to kind of fill in some of those details there about the evolution of cause labs and you with it now become a CEO now owning it. Um, and then the WordPress connection there too, um, where you all have been organizers, very prolific in the WordPress community for WordCamps, in particular DFW. Um, so tell me a little bit 
we, we, we mentioned team in the beginning, but tell me how that's evolved to, to today. I love how you all have adjusted with the currents and needs and, and who you are too. That's, that's a big one with the whole CauseLab's name and mission, which you live and breathe. But tell, tell me a little bit about how that. So the evolution of team is a really interesting one. And I think this is one that small business owners particularly uh, struggle with and can definitely learn from other business owners um, and just the experience sharing of that. So when I joined the company, we were growing, um, but it was kind of a scary, daunting thing because there was one primary client where 90% of the revenue came from one client, but that one client had so many needs and was innovating so much that we were growing this large team around one client. Um, When that client had any kind of downturn and reduction of their contracts, then it was inevitable that we had to also reduce our team. So it's like we were only staffing for them, um, which is why we evolved into, okay, well, we need a sales department. We can't just rely on one or two clients to kind of sustain our company. Um, and, and as we rebranded, as we created a sales team, as we created some marketing and PR, um, we were then growing our team in a more healthy manner. I mean, we had to scale back considerably, but then we started growing again in a healthy manner to recognize, okay, once we don't have any more capacity and yet there is a pipeline for sales. And this is kind of the struggle that I had stepping into the sales role was, well, our team is completely booked and it takes us, you know, three months to hire the right person. And I can't sell anything. Like my salary was, you know, base plus commission, but I couldn't make commission because I couldn't sell anything because nobody wants to buy from me when I say, well, we can start on that project in three months. That's just not a world that exists when everybody wants instant gratification and they want to start right now. And they only come to us when they're ready to do the project, not when they're three to six months away from wanting to do that project. And so that was a challenge in figuring out, okay, do we keep everything internal or do we start hiring contractors? And so that is kind of the evolution of how we got into working with 1099s and finding some trusted contractors that we could work with um, and, and, and understanding what it meant to, to work with someone outside of our company and still have quality work. And then, you know, we had some downturn again in in sales and marketing, had to scale our team back again, grew our team again, scaled back again, (laughs) grew our team again. Uh, When we took over as owners in 2018, um, we had already scaled back considerably as a company and then started growing like crazy and not because of one client, because we had a number of clients, probably more clients than we had ever had before. And so our team just grew to a point where we were almost 18, um, which is large for us because we're, we're small but mighty. Um, and we, we really hadn't, you know, developed a, a system where we could have hundreds of clients. We only accept about 20 per year. And in this particular time, we were almost to 30 clients, which was a lot for us and not small 
website rebuild clients, but very custom development, long-term project clients. And so we, we grew and the pandemic hit uh, right after we had done a ton of hiring and hired some really excellent people. And the pandemic not only affected our revenue because of canceled contracts, uh, because of the reallocation of funds for those organizations and who can blame them. We were all kind of in crisis at that time, um, but also uh, the struggle of uh, team morale during a time when we couldn't be together and everybody was dealing with their own stuff, even personally in their own homes. Um, and we, even though we were already a virtual remote team, we struggled to support each other through this because we were all going through it and it wasn't one person that was struggling. It was everyone that was struggling and we just didn't know what was going to happen next. The world was spiraling in so many different ways, not just because of the pandemic. And so uh, we scaled back again, um, some intentionally and some uh, because of uh, people finding other ways to find purpose and happiness in their lives, which I'm grateful that, you know, we have that value that we can gracefully accept that. Uh, some of those were a little bit challenging and hard, and a few of the decisions were very critical team members uh, that I, I wish that um, we could do over. Uh, you know, how that transition happened. However, uh, as we scaled back, we started to recognize that the world was looking different from a hiring perspective. And during what I guess the world was calling the great resignation, <laughs> um, freelance jobs started popping up everywhere and the gig economy is huge and people prefer to work their own schedule and work flex time and contract, and especially in the tech space, that's huge. Either they're working for a staffing agency that allows them to contract where they are an employee, but it's a contract with everybody else, um, or they have their own LLC or their own sole proprietorship, and they're just freelancing and working for multiple agencies. Um, it is healthier for the developer, the designer, um, especially if agency work is feast or famine. And so when your agency is in famine, you know, they're always questioning, do I still have a job tomorrow? Um, and that's a struggle. And when you can work with multiple agencies, it kind of alleviates that, that stress. Um, and so I understand why our particular industry has moved towards that kind of work, um, but it has posed challenges for hiring core team members. Yeah, I hear that across agencies uh, that, you know, a lot of the WordPress companies were remote, like you all, for a long time pandemic, if, you know, a lot of other businesses got introduced to it real quick. Um, but that was also a benefit to working mm -hmm. at some of the agencies in the past, I've heard. And then, yeah, that just shook every. I think all businesses and organizations felt all some ripple effects from the pandemic for sure. I hear that quite a bit. And then the, the new challenge, like you said, is do I want 
you know, people going, okay, do I want to go into an office eight to five? Um, and then the shifting of all of that has had ripple effects, but I love how you all have adjusted and adapted to that. So, you know, one thing that occurs that I want to talk, talk, talk about is, you know, I know you from our personal friendship, but also when you follow what you do, you have a very heart centered approach to your leadership and your work. And I, I want to, ask you about that. Tell me more. You know, I hear the word when, when I think of you as, you know, obviously stewardship in the work you're doing, not just the clients you have, but how you approach your work. And so could you, could you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I mean, even the fact that it's named cause lab is really, that's not just a brand. It came from your DNA, your values, your heart, approach to everything you do and it happens to be called cause labs which i think is perfectly reflective but could you talk a little bit more about that and your thoughts on you know everything from stewardship we we touched on a little bit with b b corp stuff but there, there's more to this and i want to give you some space to share that sure so first i will say cause labs was an internal program that we had for innovation as a team and that's where the brand actually came from we as a team were already using the word internally and we decided well this should just be our public brand uh, so it evolved as a team effort which was really beautiful uh, because we all believed in it and we could all support it and it was really easy to make the brand transition because everybody on our team was already in support of that and was gung-ho about it but to tell a little bit about, you know, how we've gotten to where we are today, I have to tell a little bit of a story. Uh, as I mentioned, I was in a digital firm to helping with mergers and acquisitions, and I was not finding my purpose in that work. Michael said, I think I've found the perfect job for you, which was high def now cause labs. And as we were talking more about it, he said, well, it's over here on Craigslist. I was like, are you kidding me? Um, that is such a scam. But apparently recruiters used Craigslist a lot in 2010. <laughs> and every job was on Craigslist. Um, he, it checked all the boxes. It aligned with my faith. It aligned with the skill set that I had. Um, and it also was um, for a translation project, which prior to uh, me getting back into the workforce, I was an uh, Arabic translator for the military. And so I said, okay, well, I'll take a look only because it looks really good, almost too good to be true. So I had multiple interviews. I think it was, it landed somewhere around eight interviews, but primarily because I was interviewing them as much as they were interviewing me. And the clients also, not just Cause Labs, but the clients that they were going to be working for uh, was a local organization here in uh, Texas. And they got to interview me as well, which is really weird that a client gets to interview, but I was going to be working three days a week in their office as their on-site project manager for this project. And it was translating the Bible into a language that had never been written before and using technology to kind of crowdsource that translation 
which crowdsourcing was this huge thing um, around that time with Kickstarter, but also Wikipedia was just starting to do crowdsource translation of their pages. Facebook was starting to do crowdsource translation of their pages and using the community's knowledge, uh, not only to translate, but also to check each other's work. And so we said, well, we can do that for other types of projects and scripture translation was the one that we were attempting to do it for. In the work that we were doing, um, I was in India within, I believe, a month of starting this project and really getting to experience what it was like over there in India. I'd never been to India before and uh, went to some rural villages and went to a few orphanages, primarily because we were testing how young could we go with translation. Uh, the middle schoolers were very tech savvy. Um, they didn't know the language as well, but they knew enough and, and could they translate words? And then we could check and actually translate context and, and other things. Um, while we were at the orphanage, we saw what I learned is called semi-orphans. And those are children who have a mother, um, but are still being uh, served at the orphanage. And I said, why are there so many mothers here? And then they explained it to me, you know, in their country, there's not a lot of capacity for women to support their children after a father has passed or a father has left them. Um, really, depending on where they are, they may not be able to find work. They just don't have any source of income. Um, they're essentially orphaned, like the children are, because there's there's no way to support them. And so the orphanage is depriving education and food and health care. And when I told my mother this story, she said, did you know you were one of these kids? And so my, I knew that they didn't get married until I was six years old. I knew that my father, you know, didn't know about me at first and really didn't become a part of my life until I was two and a half years old. Like, these are all things that I knew. And I also kind of knew that we were experiencing poverty, but you don't really think about that <laughs> as you're growing up. And it wasn't something that I, th I mean, I thought it was like, oh, well, that's, that's how it was back then. It's not like that now. But then seeing it in person in a country, you know, 30 years later, I'm like, how does this still exist in the world? Um, and so I did not know that I was sponsored by the Pearl S. Buck Foundation, um, that we were living in poverty, that my mother was receiving, you know, a few dollars a week for food and um, that when I was 18 months old, they provided life-saving medical care for me. Like these are things that I just did not know. Um, and so in that, I discovered my poverty story. I discovered my purpose. And I said, well, I guess this is why I'm here. This is why God put me in this work. This is why I left my excellent paying job and my title and my ego. <laughs> And I'm now a project manager for this project. Um, and so with that, I was all in. And that's actually how I grew at the company. And that's how, you know, I, I got into the storytelling of the work that we were doing, not just at the company, but for our clients and being really motivated and being, you know, 
all about their mission when I was a project manager. And from there, I led the project management team and then I led the marketing team. And then I developed a sales team because we didn't have a sales department at all. Um, and, and I didn't want to do that, but I discovered my love and passion for business development and sales and really helping people find what is right for them to build. Um, and that eventually led to why the CEO um, and founder asked me to be the CEO of the company. Um, and being the CEO for a few years is what made me recognize that I am capable of being a business owner. And so when that opportunity arose uh, for us to own the company, it was a pretty easy yes. I would say the hardest part of it is that uh, Michael also had his own web agency and it was called Purpose WP. And it was gaining traction in the WordPress space. It was specific to WordPress, it was specific to nonprofits. And while Cause Labs was also doing the same kind of work, we were doing that enterprise level custom development, not necessarily in WordPress space. And so we never had a conflict of interest and we were never competing with each other for clients. Um, but if we were going to be owners, this was a family decision. And then, you know, which brand do we carry forward with? Um, you know, how do we merge the two companies together? Do we merge the two companies together? And really the logistical part of that um, and the coming together of uh, what we wanted this company to become was the hardest decision, um, not the decision on whether or not we could own it. I, I, I love your story. I, I did not know all of that, um, but that's, again, it just resonates because it's heartfelt who you are. Um, but I know how you talk about your, the work you do, um, who you do it for is very important to you. And making that difference in the world is absolutely critical. And that's a key. You just shared the key connection for me. Um, and, and then, yeah, um, talking about Michael for for sure. Um, that that part that's so interesting. And uh, Michael needs his own interview too at some point, I think. But um, you know, I I knew you were here at Cause Labs. I didn't know all you do. And then um, the connection for sure with, uh, Michael and purpose WP. So that's, that's fantastic. Well, okay. So now we're in 2023. I want to switch gears for a second, just to ask you about where we are in the world, in the web, there's a lot of stuff going and get your thoughts on all of that. Where does the future hold for all this? What are you seeing with your clients, for instance, where they're going with their web work in particular and any thoughts on that? I mentioned earlier that we were doing anything and everything. We were innovating. We were touching every single platform, doing all sorts of different code, had specialties um, in different spaces, and have really transitioned most of our work um, into WordPress. And part of the reason for that is because of the way that our clients can really carry that forward. Um, the specific instances where we don't use WordPress is where uh, there isn't really a blogging need or a news mechanism need or uh, continuous content need. Um, and there's other utilitarian uh, things that are actually needed from the platform and the kind of weight of WordPress doesn't make sense um, from a content management perspective. And so we do have a couple of projects that are still very custom software development projects. Um, and there isn't a lot of 
changes on those projects other than, you know, patches for security and things like that. And so I think that the reason that we've moved towards WordPress, as I mentioned, was because of our core values, actually. Um, and to speak a little to, you know, Michael and I merging our companies together and really finding what our core values were and evolving the company to where it is today, uh, the challenges and transitions that we had to make during the pandemic for very custom work that you had to plan way in advance for and these long-term projects um, and moving more towards we can start helping you more quickly and the ways in which we do that and continue to do that with our partnerships. And I do call them partners, not clients usually, um, because I do believe that it's a long-term partnership. And just recently uh, in 2023, uh, Michael has kind of helped me understand what we've been doing and what this has led to. Um, and I think that what it's evolved into is something that we're calling sustainable digital stewardship. And it's something that I feel like we've always done and we just keep getting better and better at it. And some of the training that we've had, some of the partners that we've worked with, including IDEO and IDEO.org um, in training us in human-centered design, um, some of the work that we've done in empathy, uh, some of the things that we've done with other clients and other methodologies, and working in growth-driven development, for example, all of that has sort of culminated into what does that mean for us as a purpose-driven organization? And it really has become that we are stewards of our clients' investments. And for us, because we're a public benefit corporation, because we're a certified B Corp, um, sustainable to us is not just everything is green and environmentally friendly or socially conscious. It also means that there's a sustainability for the organization, for the business, for the program, for the community that it's serving. Um, and WordPress has given us that capability to say, you know, you can continue to evolve this project, this site, this program can continue to evolve as technology is evolving. Um, and what we have seen in the past with companies who failed to recognize that technology was going to shut them down is that they've gone bankrupt. And, you know, I mean, I can list those stories, but we probably don't have time on this podcast to go through those. Um, however, those little iterative changes that you can do with an organization to continue to steward their digital footprint and their digital ecosystem um, to allow them to make minor shifts over time rather than doing a very expensive website, one and done, hand it to you, okay, go about your way. <laughs> um, and just continuing to partner with them, helping them to understand and be the technical partner that says, hey, by the way, you know, right now, for example, uh, AI content is huge. There's a lot of different tools. I'm not going to list them by name. There's a lot of different tools that you can use for that. Um, and helping our clients understand that landscape and say, okay, they're not all created equal. What is it that you want to use it for? How do you want to use it? Um, and 
they may not even understand how to prompt the technology to give them what they want. And so we can help guide that and we can help them um, understand what kind of investments they can make. And sometimes that investment is minimal, like pennies <laughs> for some of these tools. Um, and then other times it's a larger investment for integration of their systems so that they can optimize their, their programs and their business. And so just stewarding that for them. And it's more than just their website, because today I believe that a website is never just a website. A website is essentially how you run your business. Are you doing e-commerce on your website? Are you delivering resources on your website? Are you filtering those resources? Are you um, delivering a, a learning management system, for example? Do you have memberships? Do you have a community? Are you building a network? That's not just a website anymore. <laughs> You're building a whole program and a whole digital business, but there's so much that comes into that. There's the security pieces that come into that. There's the training of your staff that comes into that. There's the continuous investments that you make to maintain that. There's the things that you can eventually do and dream about because you didn't know that was possible, but oh, by the way, there's a plugin that helps make that possible. Um, it just opens a lot of doors, but sometimes those doors are scary to open. And so having a steward that can help you understand that um, is really beneficial. And I think that every agency essentially is a steward of that. Um, I just think that not every agency is necessarily looking at it from the client's perspective. And that's something that we, I believe, have always done just because of our core values. And so now we're just branding it. Now, I love that too. There's two parts to that. One is I love when you said website is your business, because particularly I've heard of it, seen it through COVID is so many physical, you know, brick and mortar businesses couldn't operate and were forced to do um, the classic example I hear a lot is like a yoga studio, you know, someone that has, you know, in-person stuff forced to look at um, in a good way. I think this is all a good thing that it pushed business to see there is more to business just than just that brick and mortar. There's so, so much more opportunity and that increasing value of seeing website as your business, as you said. And then the second part, I think um, I, I didn't fully understand it at first and now I do. Um, but because if I just reflect back on all the um, agencies and, and my own needs for website work, you think to yourself, it, there's always a season. We start the website, we get it going. And then at some point, what happens next? Like there's changes that need to be made and the ability to have something like WordPress that is going to be there, like you said earlier, where there are thousands of um, people that know way more than that. Um, hundreds of thousands of people that know how to build with WordPress, what it is, the word kind of WordPress way too, and that the ethos of the open source software is incredible in keeping that going forward. But back down to what you said is thinking about that. Oh, we might be focused on launching this website or building this project form, but at some point, well, there's maintenance all along. But at some point, things are going to change. You're going to need to adapt and involve that too. And I love that thought and value that you all have is it's not it's about the now but it's also about the later when things when you want to do something different or grow mm -hmm. or one of those things so 
Well, I mean, our businesses evolve. I mean, my business is not what it was 10 years ago. Your business is not what it was 10 years. We evolve, our businesses evolve, technology evolves. We need to be able to adapt with that. Yep. I love that. Sustainable digital stewardship. Well, Cheryl, thanks so much um, for sharing all of this. I love to to hear the stories because they illuminate who you are, who I've seen you be. Anything else before we, we say goodbye? I don't think so. Um, we will be at WordCamp US. So for anybody that's listening that's going to be there, we would love to meet you. And um, I am a huge advocate uh, for using business for good, but also using WordPress and technology as a force for good. So any questions on that? I mean, I'm an open book. I'm a huge advocate for any business doing this. And so while I want people to work for us, I want more agencies to look like us also. Mm, that's a great way to end that. Thanks so much, Cheryl, Cheryl for being on the post status stress. And thanks everybody else for tuning in. We'll see you all next time. <laughs>